All right, social media family. Thank you for joining us once again for installment number three in the Guarding Your Heart During the End Time series. Now, to this week, there was a the scripture that's been kind of rolling over in my mind. And when we talk about guarding our hearts, right, you know, that's been our focus and that will be our focus. And the scripture that has come to mind, it, it, it may be some, kind of obscure to some, but for the folks in here, I know y'all are familiar with it. So let's go to Nehemiah chapter 8. Nehemiah chapter 8. We're going to start at verse 9, going to verse 10. Nehemiah 8, verses 9 and 10. I'm going to read this in the New Living Translation. And it says, Then Nehemiah the governor, Ezra the priest and scribe, and the Levites, who were interpreting for the people said to them, don't mourn or weep on such a day as this. For today is a sacred day before the Lord your God. For the people had all been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. Verse 10. And Nehemiah continued, go and celebrate with a feast of rich foods and sweet drinks and share gifts of food with people. Who have nothing prepared. This is a sacred day before our Lord. Don't be dejected and sad, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Now, I know all of us are we're familiar with that last part oh, of yes. verse 10. Absolutely. The joy <clears throat> of the Lord is your strength. So I, I want us to kind of look at that word joy. Okay. Joy being a weapon. Now, let me just put this out there. In your everyday comings and goings, going to the store, do, doing your day-to-day -day chores, going to work, do you see joy when you look in people's eyes? Do you? Not unless I look in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. Right. I didn't mean to laugh. Sometimes I wait on like a lot of people a day. Eric knows kind of what that's like, you know. And I mean, it, it's sometimes, but you do see a lot of stress, I think, a lot of anxiety today, a lot of, you know. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. okay. Okay. Not very much, but speaking of Costco, it was so funny. I was in there around Christmas time and there was a mom, dad, and son, and I was, he was doing like the microphone thing, like mm -hmm. on karaoke, and the kid was like over in another aisle or whatever, and I just thought it was so funny, and I was saying, well, you can run what you can't hide, because, and it was just so unusual, and I was, and then we started a conversation, which was really cool, 
because I'm like, wow, you know, this is very unusual that you're joking with your family. And it was, it was really funny. And then they let me join in with their fun. And I mean, who does that? They just picked up this karaoke microphone. And I don't know. It's like, hello, you know, talking to his son who was yeah. in the other aisle. And it was just, and then the mom was, what I liked about her was that instead of her going, because remember Joyce Meyer and her husband, mm-hmm. the, the mom loved it. She just supported all of that. And I said, this is, this, this is really rare, really, really rare. That the whole family. I think that's our job, like to try to make things. Eat. We're in a hospital today, of all places. We're we're leaving and we're going down, and a lady pulls up with a wheelchair and somebody with her, and there was two or three other people. And the girl in the wheelchair was real apologetic. I don't know if I can fit. I said, Come on in, girl. I said, Come on in. I said, If you can't fit, I'll sit on your lap. And everybody broke up. And <laughs> I mean, and you know, everybody started talking and smiling all the way down. I should. I don't remember if I asked him anything about. Do you love the Lord or something like that? You know, I, I don't I don't remember what I did. That was seemed like ten years ago. <laughs> After the rat. Yeah. So thinking about just like this is Sue's example, right? Where, you know, you just see a family, you see people just enjoying each other, enjoying each other's company. Stuff like that. Right. Now, us as believers, right? Isn't that something that should be a trademark for us? Right. Yes. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. And joy for us is not something that's external, but it's internal because it's a fruit of the spirit. So it's a very it's a part of our very nature now. But now being honest, how many how many of us experience that joy on a consistent basis from day to day? I do. I mean, but on my job, I mean, I, I see a lot of anxiety. Yeah. I, I know, and that's among unbelievers and believers. I see it now. People I know who are taking metaphor medicine for anxiety attacks, like the environment. <laughs> I was just recently told today one young lady had to leave because the environment is just too much. She's feeling anxiety. So oh, sensors, kinda, sensors. she's got to, you know, sensors. clock out because it's just too much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I see that on a um, daily basis, the anxiety of, you know, of things going on. I think it's more than just a job, of course, I believe, but you know, it's people anxiety this very uptight and what's going on. So, and I see that a lot. What'd you say the doctor wrote about us? Something about our attitudes? Cheerful. Cheerful. <laughs> so, the doctor wrote that in his report because I was busting jokes on him and you. I see. Now that's a manifestation yeah. of the joy of the Lord. They said, do you have any mental illness? I said, I don't think so. But if you ask my wife, you might get another. Right. That's funny. You know, I think personal testimony for me, I was just saying about this, just, you know, what I was saying about myself. I thought of myself the joy of the Lord. I, I think that I absolutely can say this right now. Um, 
I believe the more I've I know the more I've gotten to know God's character in the past several years, the more joy that I've had, the consistent joy, you know, knowing and trusting, you know, more and more in areas of life, knowing who God is and what his plan really is. And it's a true joy there. It, it brings that. And you, when you get people that are happy, you're attracted to them. I don't care who they are. If they're happy, mm-hmm. people, you, you want to be around You them. want to know what it's about. Like, you what get, is you it? Got people you know? like, like, like the ones that are all stressed out. Yeah. They got space around them. You know? mm-hmm. People are thinking, no, I ain't getting over there. But I have to say, even among the believers, I, I don't. And maybe I'm hanging with Maybe I'm going, not going to the right place or something. But I don't see a lot of believers with joy. Well, I see them, you know. I don't think you're going to any wrong places. Because <laughs> I, I just don't see it. I, I mean, got my problem myself. Like I said, even from workplace to. I don't see people, you know. Of course, everybody has problems. And everybody's going to say everybody's got things they got to deal with, but mm-hmm. I don't see that that um that fortitude or tenacity, that commitment to say, you know what, I like what she said. I mean, he said, you know, God, devil's hand is a big thing, but she said, but God's hand is bigger. I don't see that mindset. Yeah, yeah. I don't either, because you know how I'm always saying at church on Monday night. I'm all excited about what God's doing and all the things I see that are happening in the world. And, mm-hmm. you know, God wins and we're headed for glory days. And he's all sit there and look at me. Oh, my God. And I, I said, I don't care. I will stop. I will never <laughs> stop saying that. Ask yeah. her how much I complained about that yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know if complaining is the right word. but Just I mean, tell them about I was, it. Just, I was frustrated and <clears> upset and disappointed because I, I can't deal with it. I thought that was just everybody I knew. <laughs> but yeah, you know, I mean, in, in, in the church, like you said, you know, church setting, a lot of times, like Eric was saying, not seeing, you know, the joy. And I go, we've had a lot of bad teachings, though. You know, you listen to Andrew, yeah. Mom, I go tell you, you know, yeah. it's so simple. You have to have somebody to help you misunderstand it. And they're going, boy, we had a lot of help, you know. And I go, we believe that God has caused bad stuff, allowed bad stuff. Yeah. He's a bad God. Oh no, he's good, but he has a purpose for this. And I go, wouldn't that cause a lot of you know anxiety yeah. and, and you know just bad looks on your face? I mean, yeah. you said it. It comes down to trust. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we know that sometimes things take a long time. Mm-hmm. However, you want to interpret that. Sometimes things take a long time, but if you never let go of that trust. Yeah. Jerry Savelle used to say, if, if the devil can't steal your joy, he can't steal your goods. Mm-hmm. The joy protects everything. But knowing mm-hmm. God's character and knowing, you know, that things can be in the way, certain, you know, like, you know, we're taught for years, it was like, oh, well, God must, you pray about something. Oh, God, I need to say a new job. I need a new job. I need this job. I know, God, you told me you are giving me this job, whatever, whatever. And then you're like, why isn't it coming? And then, you know. First thing we want to do usually is blame God. You know, it's like, oh, yeah. God, you must have a purpose for this. You're making me wait. God will make us wait. It's his good pleasure to give us the kingdom. You know, <laughs> he's a good dad. He wants to give it to us before we ask for it. And then you realize, oh, I've harbored bitterness or something. Just say, you know, and it's not that God, God is not doing it. It's a spiritual dynamic, and the, you know, the the bitterness and the end strife it clouds the spiritual realm. You know, however it does it. You know, and then you realize, I forgive these people. Ah. Oh, Oh, and then this thing manifests. That's what I was reading. Oh, my goodness, you know. Personal experience, by the way. But anyway, um, you know. But, you know, just trust. You know, and then we said trust. and like, 
knowing God's character and who you trust. And you get to where you, you're content. You don't have everything you want, but you're content. And you're content where you're at. That Then he brings stuff in. When you're not upset about it, fussing about it, thinking about it, that contentment will allow that doors to open where other things can come in. Yeah, because it's, I mean, just, well, yesterday, I mean, one of my coworkers, she just, you know, walks up to me and it's like, well, I'll be glad when 1230. I said, can you get away from me, please? Because <laughs> then she, she does it all, that's consistent with her. But I, oh, I okay. that energy, you got to move because I'm not trying to hear that. I'm trying to, you're trying to stay positive. Okay, you're in the work mode. I mean, I'm in the work mode. Okay, this is what I have to do. I don't need you screaming about you ready for 1230. Mm-hmm. I looked at her and said, can you get away from me, please? Because I'm like, you what? just you, you, you just mess with my energy right now. I'm like, okay. Yeah. I got joy. Okay, I'm here doing my job. Thank God I got a job. And you come my ear like, and she just walks out and says, can you go, go tell somebody else? Yeah, go tell somebody else. Yeah, go tell somebody else. That's why I said I don't see it. It's like, okay, you, you know, I don't want you bringing me to now. You can do that by yourself, but... <laughs> <laughs> don't yeah. don't get a team. They don't. Um. Yeah. I brought. I was brought up with a with a negative family like that, and so I. It's just like, oh, you must tell everyone and put all your negativity mm-hmm. on people around you. I don't. I think a lot of people think that way until you start right. learning new things. So I'm glad you told her because she doesn't know not to do that, but she does now. So maybe you could have a conversation. Well, she's around here. Yeah, I don't know. We, I, I ain't gonna call her name, but we we do it. It's it's constant with her. I have to. Yeah, and, and she does. Okay. She she doesn't have the right to just. Uh, yeah. You know, like uh, it's like throwing trash on you. Right. Like let's get a, the visual. Somebody come up with whatever visual they want. They're putting something on you, mm-hmm. and it's not. They don't really. They shouldn't be doing that. That's mm-hmm. your problems. That is your problem. Right. You know, we, okay. we shouldn't be doing that. And we, okay. I'm well, glad you just told Andrew yeah. told his own story. Um, I heard it where he said some man walked up to him on a Friday and it's like, yay, it's Friday. It's 430. He goes, thank God it's fire. You know, Friday he goes, you don't like working here? Uh-huh. <laughs> Are you ready to go? He goes, uh, he goes, I can find someone else to take your place. If you don't want to be here, this is this is a good place to be. You should be. He's like, ah, he was backtracking. Ah, he was going, you know. But he didn't say that to me. I said, shut <laughs> up, man. I want to celebrate the weekend. You know? <laughs> I would, because that's an honest feeling, you know. Right. Well, that was Andre. He was just saying, if you don't want to be here, go home. Just don't go around spreading that. That's the point. Right. That's yeah, he I'm said, saying. come right up to Andrew. This is it's her. It's, it's Friday. Well, you, I can find somebody else to take your place. Like, They'll look at it different because you know, serving God. She's just negative, and she just and she didn't break <coughs> home. And just, I'm like, you don't have to. Everybody don't have to know how you're feeling, yeah. okay? Because everybody don't want to know. And then plus, if we all in the same environment, we all experience the same thing you're experiencing, but you feel the need to just you know voice it and yeah. scream and yell and. This and that, and I'm saying instead of solving the problem or yeah. or alleviating it, right. she's adding to it. Right, and we just keep it to yourself. It's mm-hmm. like okay, you know, we all have moments of like, okay, I'm frustrated, and be like, but I'm not going to, like she said, project it on you. 
I'm gonna be like, okay, this is this is dump it is a better word, like garbage, like yeah, it's like but some other worse words. But you experience, and I'm saying this is not just um, unbelievers; these are believers that do stuff like this. And when we see that in ourselves, we Mm -hmm. we need to change. We we shouldn't be doing that. We shouldn't continue with our behavior that is incorrect. Mm -hmm. Now I know Eric used used the word anxiety earlier. Mm You know, and fear, and fear is definitely something that is the opposite of joy and peace, right? Uh, so, yes. you know, if, if you're fearful, you're anxious, you're worried, then you're not going to be joyful for nothing. You're what? Because you, you know, you're mm-hmm. concerned about X, Y, Z. What? What if? What could be? Or what negative circumstance is, is in my present situation right now? Because that's where the focus is, right? Now, I, I just, I went to um, Luke 21, 26. And this is, this is Jesus talking about, to the disciples about the signs of the end times. I'm going to start at verse 25, and then 25, 26. What chapter? Luke 21. Mm-hmm. Luke 21, starting at 25. All right, I'm going to read that in the, in the old King James. It says, And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars, and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. Now, if you look at verse 25, if all this stuff is going on and this is what's in your face, you're going to be worried and concerned unless you know something or, or unless you know someone. Right? Because you see after he, in verse 25, he's talking about all these various signs, right? Signs in the sun, the moon, the stars. So you just talking about the atmosphere, right? Upon the earth, distress of nations. Now you could look at this geographically or amongst people groups. Both is true. Distress of nations happening all over the Middle East right now. Yeah. Yeah. With perplexity. And the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear. And look at this next part. And for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. Looking after those things. So if I'm reading this, I'm like, okay, well, there there must there's, there's a key here. Because if there's a connection between my heart failing for fear. And all of the things that are going on in the world and me looking after these things. Now, let me let me look at. Now, the, the footnote here is expectation of. That's what it says here. And 
Let me look at the Amplified Classic, verse 26. It says, men swooning away and expiring with fear and dread and apprehension and expectation of the things that are coming on the world. For the power, very powers of the heavens will be shaken and caused to totter. In 26, in the, the Passion Translation, it says, earthquakes will bring panic and disaster. What men see coming to the earth will cause the fear of doom to grip their hearts, for they will even see the powers of the heavenly realm shaken. Now, again, we talked about how important our eye gate, our ear gate, our mouth gate, all these gates, how important these, these, these gates are in reference to our hearts. What's going on in here, right? Now, if you just imagine being an unbeliever with no knowledge, no hope of God, all you know is the natural world, and you see all of this stuff going on. How you going? I don't see how people do it. Because hmm. there's this um this YouTuber I watch. This guy called The Watchman on YouTube, and. Basically, what he does, you know, he's, you know, in time prophecy. Right. And and basically what it is, he's showing news clips of the, the manifestation of what Jesus is talking about right here. All of the different things that are going on around the world, the persecution of believers, the famine, all of the, the natural phenomenon, the earthquakes and all the stuff that is going on in the world. And it's like he got fresh material every day because that's what. You know, we don't understand the magnitude of what is going on in the earth with the shaking. But we were born at this time for a purpose. We were born to be here now during all this stuff. So we all have a purpose, everybody. I just hope I live long enough to, to see it all. But I think it's cool. I'm well looking forward to it. Yeah. So you 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 know, you're like heaven stormtroops, Navy SEAL, SEAL team. But see, for Gene to know that, he has to know somebody and know something. Now, keeping that in mind, I want us to go back to Nehemiah. Now, we're going to go a few verses back. And we're going to start at verse 5. Nehemiah 15 again? No, 8. eight. Nehemiah 8. Yeah, starting. We're going to start at verse 5. Let's, see, let's read this in the. I'm read this in the Amplified Classic. It says Ezra opened the book in the sight of all the people, for he was standing above them. And when he opened it, all the people stood up. And Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God. And all the people answered, Amen, Amen, lifting up their hands. And they bowed their heads and worshiped the Lord with faces to the ground. Verse 7, also Joshua, Benign, Shabir, Jamin, Akab. I apologize for butchering these names. Sabbath, Sabbatha, Hodiah, Messiah, 
Kidla, Azariah, Josabad, Hanan, and Peliel, the Levites, helped the people understand the law, and the people remained in their place. So they read from the book of the law of God distinctly, faithfully amplifying and giving sense so that people understood the reading. You see, you see what's happening? Scripture says, in all thy getting, get understanding. So we see a manifestation of understanding happening here, at least if I'm reading it right. So they read the, from the book of the law of God distinctly, faithfully amplifying and giving the sense so that the people understood the reading. And now you get the response. Verse 9. And Nehemiah, who was the governor, Ezra the priest and scribe, and the Levites who taught the people said to all of them, this, is, this day is holy to the Lord your God. Mourn not no weep, for the people wept when they heard the words of the law. Now, looking at this, this here, and then thinking about what we were all what we were saying before earlier about having a lack of understanding of God's have confusion, not not being being shaky about what God's will is for you. Looking at everything that's going on, all of the trial, all the adversity that's going that you've experienced in your own life and the lives of people around you. If you don't know the true character of God, who God is, how can you stand in an hour like this? Like what Gene was saying, right? You know. We we I'm here for such a time as this. Mm -hmm. If you were born, if you were born, you're still alive on the earth. There's a purpose for you. Well, where did he get that from? Esther. Mm. So he got to be reading the word, right? Mm -hmm. To have that understanding, and the Holy Spirit has to confirm that, has to open up that understanding. <laughs> so. If I'm if I'm reading this right, I see a, there's a connection between joy and God's word. Well, I was kind of thinking about this the other day. I said I was thinking about how people they want a relationship with Jesus, but they want they don't want a relationship with the word. Because they don't understand He is the word. Right. So, but I want you know to be affiliated with Jesus. You know, mm -hmm. I'm a Christian, a believer. But I don't really want to spend time, you know, setting the word, knowing the word says, um, getting to know the thing that we're talking about here. Um, because, I mean, you know, maybe, I guess in some cases, I think it's boring. Well, you know, I don't need it. Mm -hmm. um, just another book, I guess. But they want the relationship with Jesus, you know, but I don't have a relationship with the word. Or do they want the things Jesus can do for them? Yeah, I agree with that. The people that rather I, than relationship. People that were around me. Uh, they just didn't want to stop their stuff that the sin they enjoy. I can remember guys telling me, You expecting me not to drink and not to this and yeah. not to do that? Are you crazy? 
That's what makes life worth living. I mean, that's you know, that's where they're at. But when you don't know, as we talked about earlier, when you don't know the word, then you're left with, mm-hmm. as Julie said, with the fear, with the anxiety, with your negative emotions, with your, um, you know, the stuff that you're going through on a daily basis with your problems. That's what you're left with. And then they begin to determine how you live your life. So based on that, I'm living in fear, anxiety, stress, um, all those things. Because I don't have the word to, what's the word I want to use? Um, help me with that. You know, so therefore I'm left with all my, you know, my inner thoughts. Because I don't have God's thoughts. That's not a good so place to yet. be. Right. So I'm only <laughs> left with my thoughts. What I think, what other people think, what the news think. You know. Yeah. But don't forget the devil's thoughts. Yeah, that's true. Thank you they got a lot me. of devil's thoughts telling them to go themselves and or somebody else. Mm-hmm. A lot of bad things. That's where they're getting the thoughts from. Yeah, because the thing about it is, you we we are all being influenced by someone. Mm-hmm. The question is who. You know what voice is what voice is louder? Mm-hmm. And we gave the example last last week about the noise counseling headphones. Like if we allow God's word to be. On, on our, our minds consistently, day and the meditating on it day and night. It's like having noise canceling headphones, where I I oh, I'm hearing what the spirit is saying, what God's word is saying, and this external noise is being blocked out. But if I'm only halfway tuned in to what the word says, and then halfway attending to what CNN is saying, what Mama Nim is saying, what people on the job are saying. If I'm giving that giving that weight too, it's like I'm walking around with these headphones on, but they're in transparency mode. Where I can count I can still hear what is being played, but the stuff that's on the outside is actually being amplified so I can hear that stuff too. And what's that going to lead to? Me having these mixture of voices that I'm hearing. James already told us what that what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Double minded. That it just lends itself to double mindedness because I got it's just too many. There's too many voices, too many perspectives and philosophies that are being that are not in line with what the Spirit of God is saying. And that stuff can just it can just get you to the point where you're like, I don't know what to believe. But I know also, I think I read it, it was in the gospel, but I read where Jesus, one place he says, be careful what you hear. Yes. And then he, in another God, he says, be careful how you hear. I was coming to grass the other day, and the song came into my head, Be My Baby. Be my, be my baby. Where did that come from? Mm-hmm. And the day before that, I had put the oldies channel on for five minutes, and that song was on rewind. And I couldn't get rid of it. I said, I'm, "I'm cutting the grass, saying, Lord, help me get rid of this this thing." It's the only thing I could think of was that song. 
So what you hear is it's important. Mm -hmm. I never thought I never thought about be careful how how you hear what what does that mean? Meaning that you know when you because you know we got to be careful the voices you know like I'm just example they have you know pastors who mean well but they can misinterpret the scripture wrong so you can they can interpret it wrong you get a wrong interpretation then you're like okay well what's he talking about the character of god if you don't you know sometimes pastor may talk about the character of god god is this god is that and they may be totally wrong okay so i'm hearing this it's like okay wait a minute that's not right versus okay we know god is loving he's you know passionate he's all loving and so but if you hear i'll give you an example i know i'm growing up i hear you know god gonna get you if you do this do this do this yeah i'm gonna get you he's gonna destroy you or if you make a mistake he's gonna you know strike you down and that struck fear of me versus i i didn't later on in my life heard okay god is loving he's not holding things against me you know even though i messed up okay he's there to pick me up didn't hear a lot of that in my younger days. So if you're not, how you hear, if you're not hearing right, then that still can mess you up. Let's go to Luke 8. Luke 8. Luke 8 and Let me start at start at seventeen. I'm reading the Amplified Classic. It says, "For there is nothing hidden that shall not be disclosed, nor anything secret that shall not be known, and come out to the open." Verse eighteen. Be careful, therefore, how you listen. For to him who has spiritual knowledge will more be given. And for him who does not have spiritual knowledge, even what he thinks and guesses and supposes that he has will be taken away. I mean, most people interpret that as, I know what, as God taking it away. No, it's not God taking it away. It's the enemy <laughs> taking that away. God is not taking it away. He's trying to get it to you. But if you're not hearing right, um, spiritual knowledge he says, yeah, the enemy's going to take that away. Because, I mean, he, he wants us to um, see God wrong. Because, you know, if he can't keep you from getting saved, then he's like, okay, well, I'm going to make sure you have a misinterpretation of who God is. And then with that will prevent us from getting what God has made available to us. Whatever, you know, you need, you know, from him. How does it tie in there to verse 17? Because he says, be careful, therefore, meaning look back at the previous verse. Mm -hmm. Well, I will go back to 16. 16, yeah. And he says, well, even looking at the whole, because this, you know, we'll be talking about the parables here, mm -hmm. right? The good soil. And let's, let's go back to verse 11. 
All right. It says, now, the meaning of the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Those along the traveled road are the people who have heard. Then the devil comes and carries away the message out of their hearts that they may not believe, acknowledge me as their savior and devote themselves to me and be saved here and hereafter. All right. Verse 13. And those upon the rock are the people who, when they hear the word, receive it and welcome it with joy. But those that have no root, they believe for a while in a time of trial and temptation, fall away, withdraw and stand aloof. And as for what, what fell among the thorns, these are the people who hear. But as they go on their way, they are choked and suffocated with the anxieties and cares and riches and pleasures of life. And their fruit does not ripen, come to maturity and perfection. But as for that seed in the good soil, these are the people who hearing the word, hold it fast in a just, noble, virtuous, and worthy heart, and steadily bring forth fruit with patience. 16. No one, after he has lighted a lamp, covers it up, covers it with a vessel, or puts it under a dining, couch, dining table couch. But he puts it on lampstand, that those who come in, come in may see the light. For there is nothing hidden that shall not be disclosed, nor anything secret that shall not be known, and come out into the open. Be careful, therefore, how you listen. For to him who has spiritual knowledge will more be given. And from him who does not have spiritual knowledge, even what he thinks and guesses and supposes that he has will be taken away. So is he kind of indicating, be careful that you listen with spiritual ears. For ears to hear what the spirit is saying. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Because if you if I compare this to the other synoptic gospels, how Mark and Matthew talk about the seed and the sower. Mm -hmm. And you know, again, we're talking about the heart, right? So the heart being the soul, the soil of the seed. And then he goes into how the different soils, what the seed does in each of these different soils. And looking at the big again at verse 18, where he says, be careful, therefore, how you listen. So that's the connection I see when Jesus is talking about the whole the totality of that parable. Because in we look at all of the thieves and the corruptors of the seed. You got misunderstanding. Temptation and trial, anxiety, care, pleasures of the life, right? all of the thieves. So if the soil is not protected, then that seed is not going to be able to produce. So that's what I'm seeing there.
And sometimes we can listen with intellectual ears mm-hmm. and we get yeah. knowledge. Mm-hmm. But if we don't listen with spiritual ears, it won't get down into our hearts to that good soil level. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I think, you know, when you've heard something most of your life or you've heard something that most of the body of Christ agree with you and you hear something different, we tend to reject it and say, well, no, because everybody is, is this way. Well, everybody can be wrong. And I learned that, that in my life. True. Yeah, I found it to be true. Right? Everybody can be wrong, even though the majority believe this, but they can, they can be seen it wrong. And the scripture, you know, you understand the scripture. I think, yeah, like we talked about earlier, is the key is understanding God's character first. Mm-hmm. And then when you understand his character, then you can begin to read scriptures and interpret it. Like, okay, well, if somebody comes with an interpretation, you're like, well, no, that doesn't sound like him. No, that can't be right. That can't be right. Somebody right. says, God needed an angel. He took my three-year-old. Yeah. That's when you want to say, who's God are you talking about? Right. Not my God. Right, exactly. You know, um, but seeing stuff like that, and you'd be like, no, that's not, that's not him. That's not who he is. So you don't get an agreement with that. It's like, you know. So. I told you guys we had a friend whose whose daughter was uh, beaten to death and raped, and she she would tell us all of that was filtered through God's perfect will oh, before that yes. happened. And I would argue with her and say, uh-uh, no way. She mm-hmm. One time she even said that, and then she said, Nehemiah 33, 5. You can look it up if you want. She just made up the scripture. It was no scripture. <laughs> she just wanted to get me off her tail. <laughs> and there's, there's another scripture that this is um, um, I've been looking for. That just It ties into what we're talking about here in reference to how we hear. Um, because I can, me and Eric can be sitting, sitting here and hear Sue say the same thing. Yeah. This, we, we hear Sue say something, right? Now, if I feel some kind of way about Sue, what I hear is going to be different from what Eric hears. It's why? Because of the lens I am listening and I'm seeing and listening what she's what is what she's saying is being filtered through. It's coming through a different filter for me than it is for Eric. And that's why when we again we were talking about having understanding the character of God, when we when we read, then I can I can read the scripture. And read about the end times and have hope. I can see what's going on and acknowledge that this stuff is wild, like the things that are happening, but still have joy because of what? Because of what the Lord has already promised mm-hmm. for his people. Mm-hmm. But again, if I don't have no trust in that, then I'm just, I don't have no foundation. I'm just going by what is going on in these five senses, everything that's coming in through the five senses, and that stuff ain't, it's not pretty. Oh my goodness, why am I not able to find this verse? 
Well, let's go somewhere else and I'll, I'll keep looking for it. Let's go back to our, our anchor scriptures here in Proverbs 4. Proverbs 4 and 20. Proverbs 4 and 20 in the Passion Translation again. You know what's interesting? I think that maybe the world is unity because after watching the housewives for a while I was thinking because one of them when they said I don't I, I don't like you and and then I thought, how many people in the body of Christ you don't like? But I thought, you know, I didn't, I didn't really like that because I didn't. And so, you know, maybe we don't like people, but I think especially as Christians, we need to go for unity. And if we don't ever get rid of that thought, well, I don't like you, we need to find something we like about that person. Now, I, maybe it, I don't have the time right now or even to think about, well, why? Very complicated way that I came up with what I'm doing and who I am and all that. It's too complicated but because um, it's been many years. But for people who haven't gone down the pathway I have, I just thought, you know what? I'm just going to say that because if you don't like me, mm-hmm. then... If you know, it's like, and I thought, you know what? Maybe I, maybe I thought when I saw, when I looked at what that did to the other person. That's why I love the housewives. You get to see it all at one time, all sides of the story, and and decide. Yeah, you know, I kind of act like that, and it's not too good. You get to see the results of what happens and what you're doing. Or you know, if you're like somebody that's wrong, you get to see the pain and suffering that what you're doing. So I thought, you know, I don't think I would ever say that to somebody. I don't like you. It's not, it's not nice. It's not good. So, but if we're in the body of Christ, you know, in unity, if you think, well, I just don't like so-and-so, you know, find something you do like on them, about them, and, and focus on that and let the other stuff go. It's just not fun. That'll suck the joy out of you. You can't mm-hmm. enjoy being around some when somebody's in that same space as you. Right. It's going to decrease your joy because I don't like them. Then you're going to be paying attention. To, you're going to be waiting for them to do something. See, mm-hmm. I'm right. Yeah. I don't like them. That's true. It's yeah. so anyway. And that's and that's good because where's it, the unity in that? And but see, when you you talking about unity, you talking about God's will now, right? And that's and that's and that's the exact opposite of what the enemy's will is. So this is what what you're talking about is what God is calling us to do, right? And then for you know for you to sit down and kind of look at especially another believer, right? And to to really understand what you're saying if I if I say to another believer I don't like you. That's like me looking at my hand and saying, I don't like you. Mm-hmm. You stupid. <laughs> now, then you laughing, right? Because it's it, it, it's that is asinine. stupid. Mm-hmm. It's asinine. Exactly. <laughs> me, yeah. me looking at my hand and saying, I don't it like is. you. 
You get on my day. It's a part of my body. I need this hand. That's right. To do what I'm doing, to scroll, pull these scriptures up, to open the door, to wipe my behind, to 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 do all this kind of stuff that I need that need to be done. So it don't make no sense. But again, you know, it takes a a spiritual minded person to be able to to abide in that 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 mindset to stay there because this flesh boy I tell you this flesh will get you I got I got a funny story there was a guy in New Jersey I let him do the Lord and he just started hanging around me all the time and he was loud he was really loud and uh, I kept trying to get away from him a little bit I loved him but I didn't want to be around that close so so when I I moved here and, and we got married. I said, man, one good thing about leaving New Jersey, his name was Gene too. I said, I left Gene behind. I said, it's so nice that he's back there and not in my face all the time. Phone rings. It's Gene. He was taking his, how many kids? Four. Four kids. The Bush Gardens. His car broke down. He needed a place to stay for a week. Guess where? <laughs> Oh my. <laughs> <It was> God. <laughs> and I'm thinking, I gotta get through this. Help me, help me get through this. <laughs> it's what not a really a person True. that we don't like. It's a behavior. Okay. And we all have irritating behavior. So if you just stop and reflect, mm -hmm. well, you know, right now that person's doing that and that's probably not a desirable behavior, but look in the mirror. Well, if we're in church, I've got some. if we're in church singing. This guy come up right in my ear I know. and go, he run my son, and he'd be gone for like ten minutes. And I'm thinking, help me not to kill him, God. Well, <laughs> in that situation, just like at church, move. Oh, I did. He moved with me. No, you. Well, so keep moving. It's just like I, did. I, I moved states away. Why? I moved states away. <laughs> he was on my front door within a week. Well, I mean, but it was God telling me, relax, relax, and enjoy this guy. No. Well, I'm not so sure that God's telling you you have to enjoy something that gets on your nerves because I mean that. But, but that you know, my nerves hard. is not a sin from Him. Right. It's, it's my. But problem. I mean, because it's like how if you really can't stand it, I couldn't make myself enjoy that behavior. But I don't know. That's a tough one, Gene. I'm like, okay, I didn't. Well, we far we, we fed him and his family for a week and took him out to dinner. And, Treated him really good. I was so happy when he left and went back. <laughs> I gave him a big hug and said, Lord, Lord, Godspeed, get home quickly, but safely. It, I like that, but that's a practical example of, of trusting in the Holy Spirit to, to, to work you through some really irritating behaviors, things that are grinding on your, your flesh, your natural man, right? And see, and that's what, that's what we're called to do when when stuff when we got situations like that. So we rise got to pull up. It. We got to pull up, pull on the Holy Spirit, so we can rise yes. above that stuff. And I'm mm -hmm. at the place of asking the Lord, show me what you see in that person. I mean, obviously He sees Jesus, but let's get to the practical. Show mm -hmm. me what you see that I don't see. And when you can just soften your heart and open your heart to know that that person's got some probably amazing qualities or gifts or whatever you want to call it it just helps let go of the yeah. junk still the same thing with the walmart thing take people's idiosyncrasies just patience and long suffering because we all have them mm -hmm. 
Well, you know how bad they talk about Walmart. You know, don't go to Walmart. I'm not going there. People tell me all the time, I don't go to Walmart. I hate there. I hate them people. I go, again, I go, I'm just going to, I'm trying to rise above it. And I do because I love people too much. I go anywhere to prices, right? Well, I'll go to Walmart and have fun and I mess with people in the lunch meat department. <laughs> well, I just said, like I said, having, you know, just some of them can be, they're having horrible days. They can be nasty, but. Said if I can't make them smile, then something's wrong because I'm going to work hard to do that. See what you what you and, and Terry are talking about. These it goes beyond looking at what you can experience with the five senses. You know, it's a level of empathy, a, a level of 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 love. Really, is what it is. Love to be able to look at a person and say, okay, you know what? This is this is God's beloved. Mm-hmm. Okay. Lord, my, my, my natural man is having some issues with this person. Help me to see what you see. You know, and that's a prayer. That, that's Anybody that's around people, I'm going to add it to my prayer list. I'll tell you that. Because that's good. It's practical. Because when, and and if this is, like, say this is an individual that this particular behavior plucks multiple people's nerves. Now, as a believer. Oh, yeah. I have an opportunity to stand out, not only to the person, but to the other people too. Because instead of going along with the gang and say, "Yeah, that's so that joke will get on my last yeah. nerve," yeah, I could be like, you know what? They are really good at X, Y, Z, and they could they could see that difference, and then the other person. That's helping build some type of relationship or allow them to see the Christ in, in me. That's opening up the door for, for, for a witness. Right. But again, this is like it, it shouldn't be high level Christianity, but it is. It is. One person you know, <laughs> she don't listen and she's not here and she wouldn't mind my saying so because I've said it to her, Judy. When we first met her here, he says to me, I'm like, that lady's high maintenance. Well, she immediately she, wanted to come to our home. The very next day was in our lives to stay. And yeah. that's that's what I had to do. I said, Lord, I don't know what it's like to be married six times. I don't know what she's been through, but obviously a lot. Mm-hmm. And I did. Please show me. What you what you see in her, and she has become one of my favorite. The people. last the last year she was at our home group. I told her I said you you need to get the award for the most improved because she was really grown spiritually and and seeing things correctly and reading. I mean she. And she, they moved to Texas. I've got to look forward to her coming. We're still emailing, talking to each other on the phone. When and, she first came, I and said, really respect oh. each other. But that that's just such a good example of. Someone we thought, oh, she could just come here and wreck our meeting. No, she became a real asset because cool. we changed but the it took way. It took a couple years for her to get there. Well, that was okay. Well, just think about the people who say, I got to have coffee before I talk to anybody. I go, I don't drink coffee. <laughs> so I just talk to people. I love people. I'm never hardly grumpy. And they go, why are you so happy? I go, uh, hold I on. Now, now, now I'm going to have to challenge you on that. Ain't, okay. that, ain't that in Leviticus? It is. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, well, I guess I, I didn't have that one. Didn't. Yeah, I said. Ah. I mean, the man had to make coffee. But I drink coffee. You know, I, I'm not talking. I said.
one, yeah, she doesn't drink at all or do any stimulants anymore. So she's just kind to me to people. And I go, I love coffee. I was asking, I love it. So let me ask you a question. What? What would you, Kevin? What does she drink? She drinks something with caffeine. Coke, like coffee. Something. Actually, she doesn't really. Nothing with caffeine? I don't think you do, do you? Because everybody what? I know says I don't drink coffee. Caffeine. I bet you drink a Coke or you drink no. I don't drink soda. I don't drink tea. Uh, I, the tea I drink is green tea, and that's very rare. Well, you're, you're one of the few. I don't drink like nothing. I don't have any. I don't even need chocolate anymore. Like she so you just like some little stuff like in there. I don't oh, you know what? I'm gonna kill someone if I don't have my coffee or whatever. I'm thinking like, are you that mad? Like, what's wrong? Like, I I, I enjoy it. It's one person I don't do anymore. But I go, <laughs> if for some reason I missed it, I'm not gonna be me or punch somebody. You know, like what's going I on? Drink, I drink one cup every day, but there was a time I drank ten or twelve cups when I was <laughs> a service manager and everything. So I think it was all stressful. Yeah, I drink it whenever. I mean, cup two, five, whatever. Whatever the mood for. I'm well, I asked Kevin. Now, do you Actually, drink I it in the morning? Say, I was yeah, I drink two. I drink two or three cups probably a day. There you go. See, see Kevin walking in the spirit. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> we had to hear from you. Yeah, I enjoy. It. Well, he, he already told us. He two or three cups a day. I mean, <laughs> yeah. That's all we need to know. Okay. All right. Now, I did find that verse, but I'm a, I'm a, I want us to read Proverbs, and then we're going to go there. All right. So just, okay. you know, just remembering the theme, like guarding our hearts in the end times and joy being a weapon, both offensive and defensive, right? So it's hard sometimes. Proverbs 4.20 says, listen carefully, my dear child, to everything that I teach you and pay attention to all that I have to say. Fill your thoughts with my words until they penetrate deep into your spirit. And then as you unwrap my words, they will impart true life and radiant health into the very core of your being. So above all, guard the affections of your heart, for they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, for from there flows the wellspring of life. Avoid dishonest speech and pretentious words. Be free from using perverse words. No matter what, set your gaze on the path before you with fixed purpose, looking straight ahead, ignoring life's distractions. Watch where you're going. Stick to the path of truth and the road will be safe and smooth before you. Don't allow yourself to be sidetracked for even a moment or take the detour that leads to darkness. Now, you, you listen to all this that Solomon is saying, and then you hear Jesus in the Gospels and the parable of the soul just expound on that, right? Now, going to Luke 10, Luke 10, yeah, Luke 10. I'm going to start at verse 23, Luke 10, 23, and then the focus scripture, verse 
26. Luke 10, starting at 23. And let me read this in the... I'm reading the Amplified Classic. Then turning to his disciples, he said privately, Blessed, happy to be envied are those whose eyes see what you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings long to see what you see, and they do not see it, and to hear what you hear, and they do not hear it. And then a certain lawyer arose to try, test, tempt him, saying, Teacher, what am I to do to inherit everlasting life? That is, to partake of eternal salvation in the Messiah's kingdom. 26. Jesus said to him, what is written in the law? How do you read it? Look at the second part. How do you read it? So not only does he, you know, Jesus is asking him what is written, but how do you digest it? How do you understand it? How do you interpret it? How do you interpret it? What is written? Now, just think about that and everything that we've said up to this point about how important it is to hear with, with clear, untainted ears and see with untainted, unskewed eyes. It'll help, it, and it really helps us to understand why, how strife, unforgiveness, all these things, how they, they constrict our ability to understand and perceive. This is like having a closed fist. Yeah. All right, let's do it. Um, Barry, hand me that, that pen. Mm -hmm. Hand it to me. <laughs> go ahead, hand it to me, man. Just put it there. Just let it go. Okay, let it go. It's there. It's available the whole time. He didn't give me the pen. What's wrong? What's wrong? With, what's wrong with Eric? I told him to give me the pen. Try to do it that way. It's gonna fall out. Hands not open to receive. So who? So who's who's the culprit? Why didn't I receive? I told him to give it to me. I'm ready. I'll just do it again. Give give it to me. Give it to me. You're not in position to receive it. So the issue isn't where it's not that it's not God's will for us to receive. Who got the issue? It's me. Because I got a closed fist. All right. If you live long enough, <laughs> this is one of the more recent things I've discovered that many times it's the very people who get on their nerves who will become the dearest people. And actually, God put them in your life because they have something that you mm -hmm. need. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> no, you weren't. Absolutely, she said. I wasn't thinking. Uh, of you. Come on. <laughs> but they can actually become deep, close friends. Mm -hmm. But if you allow those things in the natural to, uh, we miss. We miss a lot of mm -hmm. wonderful relationships because we're so turned off by. You know, one thing that repels us. See, but you said he uh, put them. Yes. Yeah. You have to. You have to discern. 
But there are people that, like I'm, I might have just written Judy off. I said, oh man, I don't have time. There's not enough time in the day to deal with that lady. But no, as, mm-hmm. as I just, I kept How many hours did you talk to her on the phone? Oh my Lord. Thousands. Put the, my flesh down and said, yeah. because I, I sensed that's what the Lord wanted me to do. Yeah. But it was still a flesh Pain. had to die to spend that time with her. But So you said when you were put, it's got to be a discerning there too. Yes, I don't think no. you you go into yeah. deep relationships with every hey, that's person. The, yeah, that's the thing. It's like when, when she say, when the Lord puts somebody in your life, it's because the Lord is the only one that put people in your life. Mm-hmm. Some people, you know, out of their own flesh and mm-hmm. the carnal desires will end up crossing your path. And the enemy puts people on assignment too. Yes. Mm-hmm. So that's where that discernment comes in. Because I've heard people also say, you know, well, well you know, the Lord told me to, to get them out of my life. Um, you know, in the sense that, okay, well, things weren't working out. Going, going well, so you know what? Hey, God told me, you know, well, God moved them out. They said something like that. There can um, be relationships that are harming you mm-hmm, that right. you need to break off from. Yeah. And that's, you know, Second Corinthians talks about that. So, you know, both instances, you know, you can see God's hand in both. My point was just that you can't go by that first impression. If you let that, that person gets on my nerves, you got to go deeper than that, yeah. you know, and find out the Lord's mind about that person. Yep. In your See, life. the enemy can cause something to happen. Some of this very, a very, even a good person, maybe something they said and you mistook mm-hmm. it, or something's going on. And if you listen to God, He'll tell you to ride, ride it out. That you know, it's not what you think. Mm-hmm. Just hang, hold tight, and mm-hmm. you end up praying about you it. And grace to keep you around. And then it, it doesn't need to be something really irritating. It could be just something that hurts you, and you realize later they never meant to hurt you. It was something indirectly. Didn't even know they did it, and because you didn't open your mouth and cause a big wound, even worse, God was able to work it out, and you you're able to see more because you're hurt. So then it starts clouding your vision mm-hmm. to see things right, and you have to go like, "Wait a minute, God, I'm hurt." How do I think of this? And he wants to clarify. He will clarify it. And you, and then later, within no time, you go, oh, my God, I'm so glad I listened to you. Because if I had opened my mouth, it would, have, it, it would have been, it may not have ever been restored, or it could have been worse, or whatever. It's interesting because I was telling Mom recently, <coughs> I, had, um, I have a coworker that when I first started, you know, just finished, you know, my job, two years, my job, like I was saying, you know, I mean, my anniversary, but I was like, I just did not want to work around this person. If they were in a certain area where I work in front end, yep. and they asked me what register I want to be at, I would try to pick the furthest away, all this stuff. And then I don't know, just recently, I, we started talking more and getting along. And I would never dream, you know, like this person and I, we get along really well now. And I'm like, I like working with them now. And, mm-hmm. you know, lo and behold, I found out they were dealing with some issue in their life. I'll say it that way. And they kind of shared that with me, and then it got resolved, I guess. And then now they're more, that's the thing of trust, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and I believe that's what it was. I think gave them an excuse to be a jerk or something. But I just, you know, right. we all do. We all make mistakes. And I go, well, you know, now we're just chill with each other. You know, work together. And I said, just holding on peace sometime and go, okay, give it all to God. Go mm-hmm. hide. This is hurting. This is upsetting. And blah, blah, blah. Frustrated. And just ride it. <clears throat> we don't always do that. We want to strike back. 
<laughs> like the Empire Strikes Back in Star Wars. <laughs> you know, what's that scripture? Uh, guard, I think we had talked about it um, maybe a couple classes ago, guard in our heart with all diligence, without it, it flows the issues of life. That's and, and it, it sounds like that's the people we're coming across. You know, we're all believers, but we're running into other believers. And the issues of life are, you know, coming out, you know. And so we, you know, those are sometimes the things we we seem to come against. Somebody's issues of life are kind of coming out. So, and that's irritating, really is. <laughs> but, you know, if we hang, you know, just kind of hold fast, treat them like a family member, you know how. We got brothers and sisters. We always say, you know, they're going to always be my brother or they're going to always be my sister. And we just kind of hold on a while. And then it seems like uh, they can become our friend, you know. And because after they kind of get over that issue that, um, you know, maybe they had from childhood or maybe, you know, it happened later on in life. We have some people that we have dinner with at least once a month, and that they're left wingers. And at the dinner table, they'll curse and they go, "Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry." And we've been putting up with this for how many years? Three. This this is sad, but I love our neighbors. I know you do. I I love our neighbors, and I'm just praying, God, get them safe. They live next door. They can come to our church. <laughs> when she says. We're going to go over there for dinner. I said, we have to. <laughs> we trade houses once a month. Cool. We rotate and have dinner. And we've been doing this 10 years. I just can't talk because everything we believe in, they, yeah, we're, they believe we're in opposite. Yeah, we're opposite place, but I love them. When it comes down to the heart, though, doesn't liberals make the best friends? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah well, she, <laughs> helped me, she helped me with Maddie's wedding tremendously. I mean, such such a blessing. But we just do stuff for each other. And it's sad because I don't know, you might have made some conservative folk kind of mad when you no, said that. I love that. my conservative friends, but if this is on my Facebook, by the way. Oh. <laughs> but I, I surely love my political friends, too. There you go. I share it, so you know. There you go. There you go. <laughs> and we don't know what Stacy drinks. Do you, do you drink coffee, too? We're talking about coffee earlier. Yeah, we have to find out what you're a coffee drinker. I'm a oh. tea drinker. All right, Stacy. Okay, we just want to make sure. <laughs> we were talking about that earlier. Okay. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm all tea, no I coffee. There was something else I'd like to tell you. <laughs> okay, you got a tea drinker. Like, hey, well, I guess I'm just greedy. I do both, so. Well, yeah, I'm just greedy. I like, tea. I like cold sweet tea. I like tomatoes. I like coffee. Yeah. Okay, we just want to make sure that um, we know where Stacy stood. She's, I don't do any of it, so like I said, I'm, I don't, I don't do any. I see. Look, look, look. Everybody has a, a compadre in the group, right? Let's see, and just is something as silly as that, right? Yeah. But just having a different type of attitude and a heart towards people, and this is why, again, we talk about that word joy being a weapon defensive and offensive weapon because it's it's like having spiritual teflon because when the darts come when those when that fear comes the joy of the lord is our strength 
because I know something and I know someone. But again, what that takes an understanding of who he is and how do I better understand him? By his word, by fellowship and well. Spending time. Understanding what, what is written. So you see the, the theme here. You saw it in Nehemiah, see it in Proverbs 4, just how important that, that word is. And for when you're around unbelievers, especially because we may be the that trite saying, the only Bible that only gospel they ever read. And if we if our attitude is bad about them because they're not saved or because of certain trait. <laughs> It's not good. Yeah. And we just we just have a rule when we're with our neighbors. We choose because we know that we're on different wavelengths. Wavelengths. <laughs> That's what that I'm we do not talk about politics. No. And so what it's caused no, us to but, do but, though but my, the guy will. Well, when you're that, alone with it's him. It's wonderful you know? for kids to be mutilated. It's wonderful for Stop. people to come across the border. Uh, the drugs is wonderful. <laughs> All the stuff they did. The inflation's wonderful. See, you, you know, I don't have such conversations. He starts, he starts talking like that, and I think, well, hitting you in the mouth would be wonderful. <laughs> but see, the fruit of the Spirit is operating. Yes. Because he, did, because he didn't do it. Oh, and that when they're constantly saying, how's Gene? Text me, how's Gene today? They, they have been almost kinder. I'll just say it. They've been kinder to us than any of our saved friends. Brought food over, call, check. Constantly, they have done more for us, and it's but because we don't count those things, it's given us time to really hone in and see who each other really is. Yeah, and you know what? We've right. been going through this life-threatening yeah. stuff for five years: strokes, heart attacks, all this stuff. I haven't had one second of anxiety or anything because I win either way. If I'm here, I win. If I'm if I'm with the Lord, I win. I mean, it's. I don't have any anxiety whatsoever. And a lot of people think, oh, you poor soul. And I'm thinking, uh-uh. <laughs> no. I'm in a good place. Now, who he sound like? Paul. Paul. The Lord is Christ that dies me. It's a good attitude. Mm -hmm. But Paul wasn't married to me. She gets... <laughs> I, see, that's the thing. He see, he had that decision he could make by himself. He can't make that decision by himself. When she sees me not worried about dying... She'll say, you ain't leaving me here. I'm telling you, you, you cannot die. Because we have a gazillion prophetic words that we are a team and our destiny. So, well, you know, a team is two. Well, I hope the man so that I marry is, is ready to live to be 150 because <laughs> I always ask 35 to be, or more to be married. I got wow. need some, yeah. some years to go. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. what I'm talking about. Our youth renewed to start no gas. That's right. Amen. If you weren't right. around, I'd been satisfied and left by now. You know? I have no problem leaving. <laughs> See. You just hang on so hard. Mm -hmm. <laughs> See, and you got to know something and someone to be able to talk like that. Because we have, God's given us destiny, and I'm not letting anything take that from me. Good girl. I had a question to you. This is totally off the subject. But I was reading the other day when Jesus said, when he was just talking about marriage, and tell you know from the beginning it wasn't so man made you know, male and female. Anyway, and he said the two become one flesh. What do you think healing wise? I said, Lord, if we're one flesh, I would tolerate this stuff in my body for one second. 
do I have more authority to pray for him because we are one flesh? That's a good answer. I see and I've been see studying it. that. I see it. Well, you need to get the unction so that the stuff all leaves my body, you know? I have. I laid hands on you Monday night. Now, did you receive it? I don't know. Okay, question. Okay. But that, but that, that's that's real good. And I'm and pursuing that, asking the Lord, please give me revelation. I gotta find that. that song. This is lately. I gotta leave it on my mind. No. Play it for you. <laughs> oh. yeah. But and that just gives um, more insight into why the enemy hates marriage and family so much because what did Jesus say where two or three are gathered together there I am in the midst so in marriage you always got you already got two people you already, you got a, all instant agreement and then you got and when you got children in the mix you got however many children you got are everybody in the house in agreement mm -hmm. over some want to put a thousand to flight two ten thousand how about four five six Try to get a teenager in agreement with you. That's, that's, that's Holy Spirit. That is name. I'm but Holy Ghost right there. <laughs> but for real, just and it, it just that just opens up understanding about how how powerful agreement is, you know, and why the enemy hates family and marriage the way it does. Let's go to Philippians one. This is the Apostle Paul here. This church is a letter to the church at Philippi. So I talked, we talked about how we know joy is comes from is a fruit of the spirit. It's an offensive and a defensive weapon. And what you know and who you know. And I think just just listen to this prayer and receive it like he's talking to you. All right. In the I'll read it in the passion. Starting at verse three. My prayers for you are full of praise to God as I give him thanks for you with great joy. I'm so grateful for our union. And our enduring partnership that began the first time I presented to you the gospel. I pray with great faith for you because I'm fully convinced that the one who began this gracious work in you will faithfully continue the process of maturing you into the unveiling of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let me read that and amplify it. Verse six, and I'm convinced and sure of this very thing, that he who begun a good work in you will continue until the day of Jesus Christ, right up to the time of his return, developing that good work and perfecting and bringing it to full completion in you. That's a song, you know. Be confident of this very thing. That he which hath begun a good work in you 
will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. We sing that all the time. Yeah, we, we were at different churches for a while until I met you. So that's for you. That's for you. Now you receive that as for you, then, you know, you can't help but have joy. I thought about it today or yesterday. It said, you know, door-to-door -door ministry, I think, I mean, it's had a lot of great effects, I'm sure, but sometimes where we would do the whole, I was a new group, I was a veteran of this. Okay, well, let's practice and do these, like, skits or, like, kind of where you, know, you would pretend you were winning somebody to God. I know. You know, you have somebody who was one to Jesus at a very, that they really never wanted Jesus. You know what I mean? Like, really from the heart. Mm -hmm. And I'll just pray this prayer, you know, and, and, and I mean, it's good, you know, if you confess with your mouth, Lord Jesus, believe in your heart, God raised from the dead, but you're not really taught. It doesn't get in your heart, you know, and then you have a bunch of folks, they're going around going, door to door, well, pray this prayer, well, why? Oh, well, just see what I'm going to call. See, because oh. they're overlooking that belief in your heart. Yeah, yeah, and I go. It's it, not just a good idea. And it's like, you know, but when you get somebody, you're going to minister to people. And you're not telling them about this prayer you just read a book, you know, that the word is just a book. But I mean, you know, you're viewing mm -hmm. it that way. And you have somebody who's like, Why well, do I need to get to know this, you know, need to know this Jesus? Like, you woke up with him this morning. You talked to him. You talked to him five minutes ago. You talked to him now. And it's something, it means something to you. And that's going to mean something to somebody else. When the spirit moves, yeah. it's different. Yeah, exactly. So it's just, yeah. you know, it's when. That heart is there, you know, and you just when you know God and you really know God, you know Jesus, you walk with Him. Mm -hmm. You know He never leaves you nor forsakes you. I think it really, no, I know it makes such a difference. I went to downtown uh, Norfolk with uh, Rock Church, yeah. and we all split up in different places. And uh, guess who got in the line? I had a prayer line on the sidewalk. They're all hookers. <laughs> hookers loved me. I was a hooker magnet. It was a bad section of town, like we had to take our wallets and rip rings off and our watches, lock them in the trunk of the car before we went. Because we're afraid you're going to get mugged, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, they, they're hungry. It's true. They need it. Mm -hmm. Something. But those girls, I mean, they, they, they were sincere and crying. And, I mean, they knew. You know, they knew they needed more than what they had. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, true true relationship and interaction with the Lord, understanding of how good he is, it, you know, it organically is going to come out. Right? Because all of us have been to a good restaurant and had good food. Ain't nobody had to tell you to evangelize for that, for that restaurant. <laughs> no. Anytime somebody talk about food, you're know, going out somewhere around you, what do you do? Such and such, such and such place. Yeah, that was good. So, it, and if you look at it from that perspective, it's like it's a, it's a kind of an indictment that I got to take a class to learn how to share how good God is. If I look at it like that. I used to feel so bad when I was a good at street ministry. I used to feel so bad about it. And then years later, I'm like, well, I'm sure I could have gleaned some stuff from that, you know, but I'm just mm -hmm. like, but then when you can't help it, like Andrew Warlock talked about, you can't help it. Like he used to try. To win people to Jesus, but then he couldn't help but do it once he realized God's love for him. You know, I wish that to go door to door, and I hated that. Yeah, like I, I wasn't very successful. But if I just went out on the town with a bunch of people, yeah, and we just went up to people and started talking and did good, 
that's how she is. I'm yeah. Yep. So I do is walk into a store and be nice to people. The life. Okay. Are you for real? We went, we went <laughs> yes. to Williamsburg and we looked for anybody with a wheelchair or a crutch. There's a lot of them there. And we get to pray for people all night. That's fun. Yeah. All right. All right. I'm closing Psalm 16. Psalm 16, looking at verses 10 and 11. Let me, let, me, let me roll back a little bit. I'm starting verse 7. All right. In the Amplified Classic, it says, I will bless the Lord who has given me counsel. Yes, my heart instructs me in the night seasons. I have set the Lord continually before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory my inner self rejoices. My body too shall rest and confidently dwell in safety. For you will not abandon me to Sheol, the place of the dead. Neither will you suffer your Holy One, Holy One to see corruption. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. So he would show us the path of life. And in his presence is a fullness of joy. It is. Amen. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. So we, so we have joy as a weapon, a weapon, a defensive and offensive weapon to guard our hearts in these, in these, these end times. All right, so social media family, thank you for joining us. We'll see you next week. Enjoy your tea tomorrow, Stacey. I will, maybe tonight. Good luck. <laughs>